Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chidi Jacob, and here this morning, by the grace of God, to bring you today's episode of our ongoing fellowship with the Word. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, Holy Father, Creator of heaven and earth, we thank you this morning because we know you sus- you sustain all things by the power of your word. We give you all of the praise for what your word says we are. We give you the praise for what your word says we have. We give you praise for all that we are expectant of based on your revelation to us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for your light. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for watching over us. We bless you, Father. Thank you for making all provision for us. Thank you for the health that we enjoy. Thank you for everything, the everlasting promises and assurances we have. Thank you because we are those who have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you for your gift of righteousness and thank you for the peace in our heart. This morning we receive your word and will trust and know what the word is able to do in us. We submit and yield our spirit, our mind, our bodies, and everything that we have, that your word may have an impact and influence upon us. Thank you, precious Father. We give you the praise, and we give you the glory. And everyone who prayed with me this morning will say amen and amen and amen. Beloved brothers and sisters, we have to continue. For our life is being rebuilt, our life is being given a new foundation. When we have a new understanding, like I said a few days ago, there's nothing new with these things. What God said now is what he has always said. What is at the end of the Bible is also what is at the beginning of the Bible. It's just man that has been misguided in many ways, not being able to understand. Because you know what? A spiritual truth cannot be understood by a carnal mind. Let me say that one more time. That which is, don't forget, that which is of natural is natural. A spiritual truth cannot be understood with or through a carnal mind. That is why Jesus said to Nicodemus, for you to perceive, that means for you to see, that means for you to understand what i'm saying you have to have a new spirit did you record that now and it might make sense why it is hard for men to understand spiritual truth for example if you want to really know what how powerful that was that jesus says for example you know the disciples of jesus were with him every day round the clock they saw the miracles they saw the messages they even preached the message they, they themselves even performed the miracles, but yet their carnal mind could not understand the message of Jesus. Think about that. It didn't mean that, that they were fake, but they were just unable to see really who Christ is and why he came. Everything was on the physical realm for them. To the point that even after Jesus was raised from the dead, they came to him and said, okay, now that we have confirmed that you are Messiah, now that we have confirmed who you are, okay, now, so are you now going to give the kingdom back to Israel? So for them, everything was with their carnal mind. You know what Jesus said? You shall receive the Holy Spirit. Because that's, that confirms what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. He says, so because for you to even understand, 
for you to see what I'm saying, you have to have a new spirit because spiritual truth can only be properly understood and digest by by the same the same influence resident in us. Praise God. Wouldn't that also make sense why the children of Israel saw all those mighty miracles, but they just could not come to a place of belief? Because for them, everything was by the flesh. They just could not. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw manna fall, fall from heaven. They saw the mountain smoke. They had the other, all those stuff. Yet, they died of unbelief. Because number one, fundamentally, a carnal mind cannot understand a spiritual truth. And that makes a whole lot of sense. Praise God. That is why Jesus says, hey, guy, look, for you to even perceive, for you to even understand what I am saying, for you to understand the reality of this kingdom, you have to be born of spirit, of water, of course, which is the word, and of spirit. Then, my words will not make more sense to you. Then you can understand what this kingdom means like. Then you can see it very, very clearly. I was in a meeting a few days ago, and this happens quite often. It was a me. It was not a church meeting. I was, you know, holding in a meeting, holding a meeting uh, with uh, two other gentlemen who are quite older than myself. And for some reason, this happens often. Often time, I go to a place. I'm not talking Bible. I'm not carrying Bible. I'm not looking like I preach Bible. Suddenly, they start to talk about Bible. And suddenly, the other guy just simply asks. He say, "Why are Christians like this? Why are Christians like that? Why are Christians like this?" Okay, so the other person who I didn't know was a pastor now says, okay, I'm a pastor. And he opened the Bible and began to say all manner of stuff. And when he concluded, I said to them, I say, you see, the problem is just what happened here right now. This pastor was able to convincingly open the scripture and pointed out some certain things written down in the scripture. But now, so he's convinced about this particular thing. I said to him, I said, you know this thing you're reading, for you to really understand the truth about this thing, you have to read the whole entire Old Testament. You have just picked up a portion of the scripture to back up your argument, right? Because for you, you're trying to score a point. For us, we're not trying to score a point. We're trying to move people to the place they receive of the fullness of the spirit, how we are supposed to be. So I said to him, I said, sir, for you to really form a doctrinal opinion about this matter, because this matter you are citing here, there are other four different types of it in the same Old Testament. So for you to really come to understand it, you have to study the entire Old Testament for you to form a doctrine on this matter. But you have just read only one passion. And you can see how passionate you are about this because you are reading line by line and pointing the words line by line. I said to him to help you is that first of all, you have to understand that in the entire Old Testament, man did not have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Man did not have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So guess what? Because he was led by his flesh, laws and rules and regulations and all kinds of stuff was given just to guide him, just to get him to do certain things. But to tell you that this is true, and of course, what did Adam and Eve lose when the Bible say died? 
when when they died when they say the sin you know sin came in and then death came in what is that death was it physical it wasn't physical because adam still lived up to 800 years but it was separation from the spirit when man took self-independence he separated himself from the spirit of god and the spirit of god is the source of his life right the spirit of god the holy spirit is the source of man's life and so when man became self-independent, just tell me what I would do. I can do it. I can handle it. I can take care of myself. I can obey you. I can obey you. Just give me good knowledge of good and evil. I will know what is good and avoid what is bad. In other words, in that case, you don't need to be influenced by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what death meant. You know, right? So man got separated. So I began to explain to this field. I said, do you understand that? Everything you read in the Old Testament, that's first thing you have to know. Who was this loss given to? It was given to men who had not the Spirit of God, right? Who had not the Spirit of God. And you know those things we used to say that uh, some of these prophets, that the Spirit of God came inside of them and then after finishing the work left. We have to rephrase that statement because the Spirit came upon them. There is inward, there's outward. The Spirit came upon them and the Spirit of God being upon us today always has to do with power. But to live the life means that he has to indwell us within. Praise God. Two different things. Two different things. Okay. So now I was explaining to him because of that, all kinds of laws and regulations and observations were given to them because they have not the spirit. But when Jesus fulfilled his work, finished everything he had to do and rose from the dead, guess what he did? What did he do? What did he do? What was so significant? What was it that changed the apostles? It was the coming of the Holy Spirit in the Acts of Apostles chapter 2. So that means that which man lost, man has now regained him back. And what is that? The presence of the Holy Spirit indwelling upon a man. Now, with his power, with his fire, with his glory, with his anointing, with his wisdom, everything indwells us. Praise God. That is where we are. So today, that is why, for example, Apostle Paul talking about giving, we say this, trusting the Spirit of God within a man. We say this, giving shall no longer be a matter of compulsion or necessity, but as every man decides in his heart, that means he's trusting that the Spirit of God in their heart will guide them to know what to do. Praise God. Amen and amen. I wake up this morning with this thought. If you look at the New Testament very carefully, we were not told how to be strong, how to be bold. No, we were told more of believing. We are told more of yielding to the one in us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, we say it clearly. Unto God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that we can ask and think of. But how does he do it? according to the power that is present in us. Beloved brothers and sisters, all I'm trying to say to you this morning is that we have come to this place where we have sense, where we get sense. What is that sense? Man cannot save himself. Man cannot. See, all I'm saying is this, because you know what this faith is supposed to do? It's supposed to lighten our load. It's supposed to lighten our load. Transfer the load to the one who can handle it. Uncle, is it not the Holy Spirit that has the power? Right? Is it not, is he, is he not the one that is full of the power? If I have the one that is full of the power, why do I want to carry the load by myself? That's the question. And I'm following this message up with what was said last on Monday, on Tuesday, right? 
the idea of yielding more and more, when the Bible says, turn unto the Lord, is to recognize that, yet, look, this kingdom is not driven by man's force. It's driven by the Spirit of God. You did not burn yourself again. Neither can you sustain your born again. No, we do all by continually yielding to the Spirit. Don't forget, what brought man to where he is today is the separation of man from the Spirit of God. So the only way the Spirit of God could work with man is to come upon him and he will perform some, some functions, right? But never indwelling him. But when Jesus came and paid the price, opened the door for us, today we are indwelled by unending wisdom, right? So if Every believer starts to learn how to rely on the Holy Spirit. We know that we have unending wisdom. We have unending power. We have unending sight. Sight that is not based on the physical things that we can see beyond what our physical eyes can see. Praise God. So if there's, I have said this from the beginning, if there's anything we need to do for a believer today is to tell them the truth. And what is that truth? of who we are because of Christ. Preach the gospel, right, that tells them that they are no longer sinners. They have been freed from sin. They have been forgiven. Blood of Jesus has cleansed us perfectly in and outside, eternally. We are, we are eternally perfect. When we are sure, that's what the Bible says, with our, with our, uh, with the veil removed from our face. What is that veil? The blindness removed from our face. Now that, that that blindness is removed from our face, we can now approach. We can now draw near. How do we draw near? Is what I was explaining. We draw near to the presence of the one in us. Praise God. We draw near to his influence in us. We draw near to his power in us because that is where our life ought to be lived from. So when a man is saved, hears the gospel. The only thing we owe that man is to start to show that man how to yield more and more so that the spirit of God in him takes over more and more. Praise God. Amen and amen. Now, let me differentiate something for you so that this thing will make sense. Did you know that you can give money to God? For example, like we were taught before, the idea of transactional giving. The idea is that if you give God money, God will give you back money. Notice that that thing does nothing inside of you. You are giving. It's like you are lending God money and he will pay you back with interest. So, so it's just a transaction. There's nothing transformational about that. That cannot transform a man's character. That cannot transform a man's spirit because it's just a transaction. Give me, I give you back. If I sow seed to God and then he will multiply back you know, uh, to God, to give me more money. Now, so, but what is the difference when we give of the Spirit? That is why Brother Paul will now say that giving should not be a matter of necessity. Don't forget, necessity force. It's not even talking about the force and first. Necessity means I have to give because it's necessary. It's needed. So you are giving out of need. Understand this very clearly. You are giving out of need. You are trying to meet a need. That's not bad. But I want to open up your eyes by the grace of God for you to understand what the difference is. He said it should never be out of need, neither should it be out of compulsion. 
Compulsion is, of course, what we see everywhere. We have been, you know, it's, it's like if you don't give, you die. If you don't give, God will not bless you. That is compulsion. If you don't give now, something bad will happen. If you don't, that is compulsion. But he said, let every man decide where in his own heart. That means how much can your heart accommodate? Why is that very important? And I was explaining this to another pastor. Why believers give, they don't really enjoy the blessing of giving. We enjoy the blessing of giving because of what it does to our spirit. Did you know that when we give out of our own decision, out from our own heart, do you know what we are doing? We are walking away from the, from the flesh deep down to the realm of the spirit, right? We are suppressing or as, let me use this word, killing our flesh and walking more to the spirit. Let me explain to you very well. You know that no matter how much you have, even if you have billions seated somewhere in your bank account, it's never enough because of course, the more money you have, the more need you have, right? It's never enough. And selfishness is that which tells you to keep for yourself, Use your own money for yourself. Make sure yourself is all taken care of before you can do anything, right? So so you keep spending for yourself, minding yourself, doing all for yourself. Now, when you decide in your own mind, even though you don't have it all, but you can take, right, and give to someone else or to give to God's work, what you are doing is walking away from selfishness to love. You are walking away, you are breaking hold, right? What you are breaking hold of here, you are breaking the hold of selfishness that has controlled man. That's what you are doing, right? So you are growing in the spirit. You are strengthening your spirit. And you know why this has to be with money most times? Because money has power, right? You Instead of you being selfish, you are killing that which has which has ruled man, and then you are going because you have decided in your own heart, not because it was necessary, not because it was compulsion, not because of necessity. No, 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 no. Something in your heart accommodates others greater than yourself. Praise God. I was explaining to this man of God, say, this is why people give. Now, when you give as transaction, I'm giving so that God will give me back. Now, now I have no doubt that opening up our spirit that way also attracts things back to us. I have no doubt about that, right? There's absolutely no doubt about that. But what I'm telling you, don't forget God is spirit. Your heart is being mended. Your heart is being changed. When out of your own heart is coming from the depth of your own heart, it is a way, beloved brothers and sisters, to give more into the spirit while, while walking away from your flesh. I had a man of God say something recently, and he gave me a greater understanding. He says, did you know that when, for example, you're a pastor, you give to another pastor, right? You give to another pastor. Now, whether it is prayer, you're praying for them or money. I'm just going to use prayer and money, right? You are a pastor. You have a ministry, right? You give to another pastor. Don't forget, before I say this, the way these things has been taught to us is that, yeah, you know, I sold into this ministry and then God started to bless me back. Listen to me very carefully. This pastor explained, and a very young pastor for that matter, he explained that when you give to another ministry, what I'm explaining now is what happens. Remember, if it is business, 
a pastor is supposed to be competing with another pastor, isn't it? There's supposed to be competition, right? And that's the way of the world. But when a pastor sits down praying for another pastor, praying for another ministry, giving to another ministry, what that man is doing is destroying anything that would have, would have waken up that competition that is in the world, right? Because now, instead of you competing with this person, you are supporting this person. Praise God. That is spirituality, brothers and sisters. When you sit down, you are, you know you can you can focus all your prayers on yourself. You can be looking for all what you need, but you spend time not praying consistently for another man, another brother, another pastor. Giving what you are doing is advancing your own spiritual growth. When he said that, I never heard anybody say that before. And this guy is every young man. All I've heard from. Uh, major places are, you know, uh, I needed, um, you know, I was trying to uh, do this thing for the church and the money was not enough. I just used that money and just sold another ministry and then God brought, that is transaction. That is transaction. And it's okay. There's no problem. Remember, we are no longer judging good and evil. It's okay. But what I'm telling you is that there is a new glory and this glory is transforming us from outside in. Now, that's no problem. People prayed in the Old Testament and manna fell from heaven. There's no problem. That was a glory. But we are coming into the reality of, of a glory that is better, a better covenant, right? A better understanding, a better way of working with the Spirit so that we are transformed. So when I, as a pastor, kneel down, praying for another ministry, for the world to progress, for them to succeed, when even, even, even though they are in the same city where I am, I don't see them as competitors. I see them as people who need prayers and I pray for them and I give money to them. I'm at, I'm so much growing in the realm or in the things of the spirit. Instead of competing, right? I'm complimenting them. Praise God. That is love in our heart. When we do these things, beloved, remember, it removes a lot of stuff from inside of us. It removes many of the struggles that we have in us. And then before you know it, your life is lighter, right? The, most of the heavy loads you're carrying, right? The pains, the jealousy, all the stuff that was supposed to be there is now being replaced with love, peace, and joy. Praise God. I hope this makes sense to you this morning. Let's not forget, beloved, this glory is transforming us completely inside out that we may conform into the image of Christ. Amen and amen. I'm going to stop here and then of course come back to you again tomorrow by the grace of God and keep us in your prayers always as I've told you this morning and don't forget that this morning you have been served. Shalom.